Welcome to the Northeast Christian Podcast. We're so excited that you've decided to check out our weekly messages. We hope that you're challenged and inspired by what you're hearing today. We'd love to have you join us this weekend at one of our campuses or online at northeast.live. For more information on Northeast, visit us at necchurch.org. If you love the Northeast podcast, subscribe to our channel and leave us a comment or a rating in the Apple Podcast Store. So how was your witness this past week? That's a, that's a term that Tyler has coined to being with God, and we believe that witness is the key to life. And the way that we do that is through prayer, that we are in prayer with God throughout our day. And so we were challenged, find 10 times during the day to just say a short prayer, whether that's in the morning, before a meal, before going into a meeting, before meeting somebody. How do we let God be a part of that moment? And how did it go? I hope well. I hope well. Because I believe that prayer is more rare in the life of a believer than ever before. With all the distractions that we have in our lives, we're more likely to text somebody praying for you. Our little emojis. Yeah, oh, that's great. They went next level with that. <laughs> or we're, we're more willing to just say, I'll be praying for you this week. Or we'll, we'll tweet thoughts and prayers before we actually pray. We just get on to the next thing in our life and we don't really think about it until the next time we see that person and we're like, oh, that's a guilt trip. I don't know if you've ever done that. I've never done that. I heard that people do that. But it's our hope that prayer gets more talk or more time than talk in our lives. And we hope that we can change that. That this community here at Northeast becomes people who are known as loving the Ville just as much as we're known as being with God in prayer. Jeremiah 29 says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That we have the ear of the almighty creator of the universe at any moment. Does that not blow your mind? It does mine. I love the song that we started with today, Highlands. How it says, how high would I climb mountains if the mountains were where you hide? How Far I'd scale the valleys if you graced the other side. I would search and stop at nothing. You're just not that hard to find. And isn't it true? I mean, everyone has been searching for something bigger beyond the natural. People throughout time and space have been willing to go on pilgrimages to remote parts of the world for a taste of the divine. Jerusalem, Mecca, Kathmandu, Disney World. You're still with me? And Jesus tells us, that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is ready to listen to us, not on the other side of the world, not only if we accomplish a certain task, but right here, right now, just as I am. I'd encourage you to go back and watch the first two weeks of this series, really great stuff. And today we're gonna continue talking about prayer and we're gonna talk about prayer for healing. Prayer for healing. When you read the gospels about Jesus, what should blow you away is how much Jesus spends his time healing people. From the moment Jesus burst onto the public scene, almost immediately he starts gathering a crowd. And we think of the amazing things that he would say, like the, the Sermon on the Mount, or the miracles he did, like turning water into wine or feeding the 5,000. But the, it's undeniable the part that healing people 
played in his celebrity into the crowd that he gathered. Luke 6 says this, he went down with him and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, Jerusalem, and from the coastal regions around Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured and all the people, they all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. And this was everywhere he went. Crowds would show up and ask to be healed. And this was that the Pharisees started getting angry about that Jesus would heal on the Sabbath. And Jesus was an equal opportunity healing, healer that those who people thought were far from God, he would heal. And those who were apart from the faith but had faith in Jesus, he would heal. And do you ever wonder why? Like you ever ask, why? I don't think it's just because he could. When Jesus came along and he saw someone who had an infirmity, something was broken. I think it's a lot like C.J. Stevens. Do you all know C.J.? He's a First Impressions pastor here. You might not be aware, but he walks through this room every Sunday morning and he moves every chair one inch. <laughs> it's true. I walk through the room and I don't know there's anything wrong and he moves every chair because he knows the exact centimeter that your chair is supposed to be pointed at and he wants that for you and so he has to make it right. It's a little bit like my son, Sam. Uh, my 17-year-old son has an immaculate room. How many could say that about their teenage boy? Not many. Here's his closet. I want you to see his closet. Yeah. If it's not in its place, it has to be fixed right away or the world's just not right. I love, I love my boy. Or it's a little bit like that person in your family who when you say who and you were supposed to say whom, they're like head will explode or they have to correct you. They just, they just can't help it. Everybody has one in their family. If you can't think of the person, it's you. And um, <laughs> that's how I feel Jesus was walking through this world, not, not with all the like ugliness that your family member brings to it, but when he would see someone who was hurting, who had something broken, an infirmity, something that he could do something about, he had to stop and do something about it, you do realize that he was the one who created everything, like us, nature, the universe. That's what the Bible says, for in Jesus all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. If anyone knew how something was supposed to work, it's the architect, the designer, the engineer. He knows how a perfect you should be outside of your sin and other sin and outside of a fallen world. And when he would see disease and infirmity, he had compassion and he would make it right. Do I really believe that God wants each of us to be whole in mind, in body, in soul, I do. Look at the Garden of Eden. Disease and death weren't even on the menu. Severe pain and painful toil weren't talked about until after the fall. And look ahead to heaven. In Revelation 21, it says, He will wipe every tear from their eye, or there'll be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. I really do believe that's what God wants for each of us. 
Now, I also believe that God uses doctors and technology and medicines and counselors to heal. So as we talk about healing today, don't stop taking your medicine. Don't stop going to your treatments. I think God includes those things in some miraculous events. I got a phone call from my wife about a month ago. Um, she's a runner. Any runners in here? A few? Okay, well, my wife is a runner. Uh, our basement is full with uh, medals from marathons and half marathons of Boston marathons and insert your city name here, marathon. And um, she loves to run. And she has a friend named Amanda that she's trained for many of those with, runs with her about five times a week. And um, they like love running healthy people. Amanda was on a work trip to New Mexico, um, and in the airport, she fainted and had a seizure. They quickly rushed her to the hospital where they did some scans and found an egg-sized tumor on the speech center of her brain, one-eighth the size of her brain. And as soon as we heard news, we started praying right then. Within days, she was back in Louisville and in a doctor's office, Within a week, she was in surgery. And right before that week, she was here on a Sunday morning and we prayed with her. We prayed for her to be healed. And there was faith. She had faith, but there was a lot of fear. Fear that they'd get it all. Fear that it wouldn't be malignant. Fear that how would the, re the brain respond to surgery? Fear of the recovery time, a lot of fear, but faith. And her family came down and surrounded her and supported her. And the next day, I went to the hospital and saw her, the day after she had brain surgery. And they had gotten 100% of the tumor. And that was a miracle. That was an answer to prayer. It was also an answer to prayer when she spoke to me. And it was slow. And it was paced. And if you've ever been a bandit, she could talk a mile a minute, but... That was an answer to prayer. We got a text later on in the day that it was like a, a switch had just flipped and she was talking normally, walking around the room, everything functioning. And wow, we were blown away. And that was a miracle. And the doctors agreed. And her and her fiance, Mike, would agree that the timing of every single thing that had to happen for all that to work out just the way it was, that it was one of those only God moments. I believe that God answered that prayer for healing. But that's not always the way it happens, is it? I've been by many bedsides the last 27 years I've been in ministry, and not all of them have had those kinds of endings. Many people of great faith, many sitting in this room, have dealt with disabilities, pain, bout after bout of health issues, and for years, and why have they not been healed? Well, for the rest of our time today, we're going to get real practical, and we're going to talk about, number one, how to pray for healing, and we're also going to talk about how will God answer. Before we do that, can we pray again? Let's pray. Dear God, all of us, uh, for, for all of us, this is a heavy subject because, Lord, we've, we've had moments where we've cried out to you for ourselves or for someone we love for healing, and, Lord, we thank you for those moments where you intervene and where you have caused miracles to happen and you've changed lives, God. But for many of us, that's, we didn't always get the answer we wanted. And so, Lord, I pray that today you give us wisdom. I pray that you increase our faith in you, 
that we can trust you because you love us. Help us to know that today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So how are we to pray for healing? First, we're to pray with faith, with faith. If you look at every healing that happens in the Bible, faith is a component. Matthew 8 says, a man with leprosy came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. This man believed that Jesus had the power to do what he asked him to do. He had faith. Just verses later, a Roman centurion with a paralyzed and suffering servant approached Jesus and told him about him. And Jesus said, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. He believed that Jesus had the power even from a distance, didn't need to be near him, didn't need to touch him. In that moment, the scripture says the servant was healed. One of my favorite stories is in Mark chapter two. There was a group of friends and one of them was paralyzed. And this group of friends knew that if they could just get their friend to Jesus, that he would heal them, that he would make them right. And there was this huge crowd because Jesus was teaching in his house and all the people spilled out on the street and they couldn't get their friend to him. And so instead they went up on the roof and they started digging a hole through the roof. Talk about some good friends. Talk about needing a new roof. But they dug a hole through the roof and lowered the mat that their friend was on down to Jesus. And it says this in Mark 2. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. That wasn't exactly what they were asking for, right? I mean, that's great. That's a bonus, forgiven sins. But what about the paralyzed thing too? But this, this broke the religious people's minds that were sitting around that circle because they were like, who is this guy that he thinks he could forgive sins? And Jesus knew what they were thinking. So Jesus said, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take your mat and walk? But I want to show you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home. And he got up and he took his mat. And he walked out in full view of all of them. And this amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we've never seen anything like this. I love this story on so many levels. But did you catch at the very beginning whose faith Jesus saw? Their friends. The friends' faith. They stopped at nothing to bring their friend to Jesus. And Jesus saw their faith and healed their friend. And this is encouraging to all of us who have a friend that we need to take to Jesus, that he could see our faith and heal. Faith is essential in every prayer. It's the starting point. And maybe you would say that your faith isn't the strongest. I would encourage you to pray about that. I would encourage you to pray to God and he will help you grow your faith. And this is a prayer we could pray no matter how long we have been following God. And it's a prayer that he loves to answer. But what you'll notice, at least in these first three episodes, there is no magic words or magic prayers or really any consistency into how the, how the healing worked, right? If someone tells you that their prayers always work or they did, they've discovered the secret to answer prayer, just send $10, then that should raise some red flags for you. Because our faith should not be placed in the method or in the words or even in prayer itself, but in our God. That is where faith belongs. So if faith is so important, what does faith look like? 
Faith is taking God at his word. Faith is taking God at his word that he loves us, that he so loved the world he gave his son, that he saves us, that he saves us from our sin, that he cares for us, he'll walk by the valley of the shadow of death for us, that he provides for us according to his great riches, that he gives us peace, a peace that passes understanding, that he will be with us, that he will never forsake us till the end of the age, that he heals us, heals us. This is what James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So when you pray, do you believe that? Will you take God at his word? Jesus says, we can even trust to the point that whatever you ask in prayer, believe you have received it and it will be yours. And that's bold, that you believe you've already received what you're just now asking for. One of my friends, she always thanks God for answering a prayer ahead of time. And that's praying with faith. So we pray with faith. We also pray in Jesus' name. The verse that Jacob read during communion. John 14 says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. So the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. And that is pretty powerful. That's a powerful statement. It almost sounds like a magical phrase, but as Jacob said, nope, that's not true. When we pray in Jesus' name, we're claiming his authority. It's in his power and not our own. It also means that the glory goes to him and not to us. Philippians tells us that the name of Jesus is the name above every name. In the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven, that's all the angels. On earth, that's all the people. And below the earth, that's all the demons. That Jesus Christ is Lord. And being Lord means what the Lord says goes. And when we pray to Jesus, we're praying to the one who is over all. And that's a pretty powerful person to pray in the name of. Praying in Jesus' name also means It's in alignment with his nature. Well, what does that mean? Well, praying for selfish gain or something prideful or spiteful or for our own glory is outside of his nature. Do you know how long I prayed to be six foot tall? (laughs) Didn't happen, did it, Mom? Didn't happen. But praying in humility, for repentance, out of love, for wholeness, for his glory. Those are in alignment with his nature. So when we pray for healing, we do it in faith. We do it in Jesus' name. And we do it for wholeness. Jesus is concerned about our physical well-being, but he's also concerned about the rest of us, our emotional, our mental, our relational, our spiritual life, for sure. Psalm 147.3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds is the part that's broken today, something on the inside. Jesus wants to heal that too. And third, John, John writes, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. It's good to pray for our friends and for their spirit, for their bodies. Remember the one man on the mat, Jesus forgave his sin before he healed his body. He cares about the whole person. And when you pray for someone who's experiencing something physical, There is a huge chance that all these other aspects of their life have been impacted, right? So pray for that. If your heart goes out to someone when you're praying for their emotional, mental, relational situation, maybe God's wanting you to step in 
and be that encouragement, be that support, be the hands and feet of Jesus in their life. So this is how we should pray for healing. We should pray with faith in Jesus' name and for wholeness. But how will God answer? I propose God will answer in one of two ways. Yes or no. Let's pray. No, that'd be easy, wouldn't it? <laughs> be too easy. I believe it's true. First, God can hear a prayer in faith in the name of Jesus, in alignment with his nature, and bam, he'll answer it. And I've seen it happen. I've seen it in my life, and I pray that you've seen it in your life. I've also seen that prayer answered over a much longer span of time than I would have ever wanted, right? We say in God's time, and that's still a yes. It's still worthy of our praise. And I've also been reminded that in heaven we'll have ultimate healing. And it's not to be discounted. For many of us uh, who have endured like great suffering, long-term chronic pain, or loved one that's suffered near the end of their life, that hope is real. And even though it might not have been the answer to healing we're looking for, it's the epitome of the hope we have in Jesus, isn't it? First Peter says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, though now, for a little while, you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. There is suffering on earth, but there is a healing that is reserved for us that will never, never spoil, never fade in heaven where all things are made new. But for most of us, we still struggle with that answer, don't we? Although it might be an ultimate yes, why is it a no on this side of heaven? Why might God not answer our prayer for healing? Well, I don't have an exhaustive list because I don't really know. He's the only one who does. But here are just a few reasons why God would answer a prayer with no. Lack of faith, sin, laws of nature, satanic opposition, and God's best. Let's start at the top of the list. We've seen a lot of scriptures where faith was the key, so it makes sense that there are also times where faith was absent. There's, there's such a time in Mark 6. Jesus had returned to Nazareth, his hometown, and everybody was coming out to see this local boy who was making it big. And they were like, wait a second, that's Mary's boy. We know him. How is he a miracle worker? I remember him during his awkward teen phase. And it says in Mark 6 that because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. See this, God's power was limited because of their lack of faith. He could only heal a few sniffles in the crowd. Sin is also a limiting factor for God's answering of prayer. In Isaiah 59, one through two, it says, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. And remember that verse in James where it tells us confessing sin is actually a part of the process of asking for healing. When he says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
Although these two, these two, lack of faith and sin, are two legit reasons why God might not answer prayer, they've also been weaponized by many Christians through the years, haven't they? Why haven't you been healed? Well, you must not really believe. Why do you still suffer? Well, there must be unconfessed sin going on in your life. And I don't think those are the only two reasons. I don't. I know people who are heroic Christians who have bigger faith than I ever will, who are holier than I'll ever be, and they still suffer with an unanswered prayer. God hasn't healed them. I think there's more to it than that. One of those reasons is the law of nature. You ever think about this? Even though the world is fallen, it works within laws and principles that make life work, right? Gravity, cell division, photosynthesis, conservation of power. And sometimes our prayers are asking for something supernatural to happen that would affect this. I love what C.S. Lewis wrote when he said this, that God can and does on occasion modify the behavior of matter and produce what we call miracles, that's part of the Christian faith. But the very conception of a common and therefore stable world demands that these occasions should be extremely rare. For our world to function, breaking the natural order should be rare. And none of us understand all the complexities that are involved when God steps in and shrinks a tumor or relieves spinal pain or decreases swelling, but he does. And it's outside of the normal. And I'm sure the medical establishment is pretty thankful for that. Otherwise, everything they do would be guesswork. Every time you stepped into a hospital or doctor's office, oh, what's happening? That could be one very good reason. Another reason for prayers not to get answered is satanic opposition. And this seems very antiquated to the Western mind. And do I believe it's true that there is satanic opposition, demonic entities. Yes, I do. Jesus did too. Jesus did too. If you look around this world today, you don't think Satan's involved. Paul implored us in Ephesians to put on the full armor of God. Why? Why? So that you could take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. And Paul and Jesus are pretty good company to be in, I would say, when it comes to believing stuff. So I do believe there are things acting outside of our senses that can capture, that our senses can capture, that affect our lives and those around us. And one of the things they might be able to affect is unanswered prayer. Have you ever read the story in Daniel about the prince of Persia? Really interesting story. Daniel in the lion's den, Daniel was praying. And he had asked God for an answer. And he started fasting until he got that answer. And he fasted for three weeks. Anybody fast for three weeks in here? Right? Not me. You can tell. But he had fasted for three weeks. And the angel shows up. And Daniel's about to faint. And here's what the angel says to him. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, when you first started fasting, your words were heard. We heard your prayer, Daniel. And I had come in response to them. I left right then to come tell you the answer. But the prince of Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, another angel, he came to help me because I was detained there with the prince of Persia. 
Do you understand that verse? Do you understand it? If you do, you can come explain it to me later because my brain can't wrap around all that's going on there. It says that there was a, we heard your prayer, Daniel. We had an answer to your prayer. We were on our way and we couldn't. We were detained. And that doesn't make sense to me, but it does make sense when you look around this world. I've been to Palestine a couple times. And I've seen the darkness on both sides of that situation. And when I'm there, I feel there is something else going on that we just can't see, that we just don't understand. When you look at the rest of this world, people are at each other's throats nonstop. Get on Twitter for five seconds. People can't agree on anything, can't agree on truth. And we got to say, is there something else going on here? I believe there is. And this story from Daniel says it could even affect prayer. That's a strange one. It's a strange one. And let's go back to our list. The first four had some hard to swallow things on there and some weird ones we're going to have to think about. But God's best, the last one, we can't leave this off the list. Because as I look back on my life, some of the things that affected my spiritual growth the most were the, were the moments where God did not answer my prayer. He answered with a no. That senior year of high school when I was injured and I couldn't wrestle. That was the worst year. It was the worst moment of my life. My dream wasn't going to come true. But that was the time where God pointed my heart to ministry. When I spent time in that hospital bed when I was no longer in control of that relationship that broke, those are the times where I had to depend upon God and he changed my life. And I know I'm not alone. Those are the moments that make the biggest change in us. At the start of the series, Tyler asked many of you all to send in your only God stories about those moments in our lives where God intervened and it was only because of him. And I was surprised by how many of those were answered with a no. And it turned out to be the best thing. Not that those moments were difficult and filled with all kinds of trouble, but it turned out to be the best thing. Where God takes this horrible situation and redeems it. That feared diagnosis that led to a new perspective on life. Where a child's developmental issues have taught us more about loving God and loving others than anything else ever would have. Where a disability challenged and slowed your body, but your life has now lived for God and for others. As I get older, the people I respect the most, the people I want to grow up to be like, aren't the people whose lives are going up and to the right. That might sound weird, but the people who impact me the most are the people who are going through the thick of it and they still trust God. They're facing sorrows like sea billows and they say it's well with my soul. Thank you, Forrest. In the midst of a double amputation and you are here. in our deaf community and um, 
she has been so sweet over this time of COVID. She's a great lip reader, but when we had to wear masks, she would teach me sign language so we could keep communicating. And I just want to say to Elaine, I'll, I'll, I'll point it here. You are my friend. You make me happy. Elaine rides a bus here every Sunday morning to be with us from downtown. I want to be like Elaine when I grow up. I love what John Mark Comer says about unanswered prayer. If God's involvement in my life were limited to my imagination and my prayers, I would miss out on so much more that God has in store for me. On this side of heaven, we might not ever understand a no. We might never understand, but we can trust God. We can trust that he has our best in mind, that he's worth following no matter what. And that is faith. And so that's what we're gonna do for a few minutes now here at the end of our service. We're gonna take what we've learned and what we've heard about, we're gonna put it into practice and we're gonna pray. We've had our website open, necchurch.org slash prayer. And many of you all have sent your requests in. Some of those requests are for healing. And we pulled those in just a minute. We're gonna put those up on the screen. But if you need healing, if you need healing, post your request right now. Let the church family support you and surround you. Or maybe you just need to spend this time praying for yourself or one you love. God teaches us so much through these moments. Let's, let's lean into him and let's put these lists up. These are real prayers for real people in our church. Let's go to God. Let's confess. Let's pray in faith. Let's pray for wholeness. Let's pray in the name of Jesus for healing.